Welcome to the Love is Coming podcast, the must-listen show for single women struggling to attain or sustain a romantic relationship. I'm your host, Persia Lawson, author, speaker, and according to the Times Magazine, one of the UK's most successful love coaches. Before that, I was a serial cheat and obsessive love addict, but I'm now a bride-to-be and in the best relationship of my life. So, If you're trying to do the work on your love life, you are definitely in the right place. But here on the Love Is Coming podcast, we serve your education with a side of entertainment. Expect serious stuff talked about not so seriously, solo Agnian episodes with yours truly, and guest episodes showcasing some of the best in the biz in ways you've never seen them before. So, got a dating dilemma? Swiping right but haven't yet found Mr. Right? then let's get raw, real, and a little bit inappropriate because love is coming for you, baby, in more ways than one. Hey, everyone, welcome back. Oh my God, I'm so excited for this episode. So I'm speaking to Shah Wasman, who I, she's got many amazing accolades, but these are the ones I've picked because I couldn't say them all. We wouldn't, we'd be here all day. So Shah's an M- got an MBE from the Queen pretty bloody good if I say so myself. She is a multiple best-selling, uh, multiple times best-selling author, was named one of the top 20 most influential entrepreneurs in the UK by the Sunday Times. And most importantly, she is my coach. <laughs> Shah. And your friend. Coach and, and my friend. buddy. And my buddy. Shah, how are you doing today, my love? I'm doing really good. It is a beautiful, glorious, sunny day. I think the best day of the year so far. So this is a good day to be hanging out I know it is. It is the hottest day of the year and we're sat inside filming a podcast, but it's nice to be able to see the sunshine outside. So, okay. 100%. This is a really interesting topic we're talking about. Now, I this bizarrely, well, maybe not bizarrely, probably largely due to the last year that's been, you know, globally, the impact on all of our lives from covid our financial lives, our romantic lives. The thing that keeps coming up with my clients at the moment is (laughs) I heard a little doggy bark, not a little dog. Shah's dog and my dog are like, could not be more different. Now, hold up, hold up. This is is real life. He's got a ball under the bloody arm. (laughs) By the way, if you don't know, we don't edit these podcasts. We we just keep it flowing from the beginning to the end. So Shah's got a Doberman and I've just got a teeny tiny little cockapoo who's nine weeks old and tiny. But I love Shah. Can I just say your dog, like, (laughs) he is amazing. He's amazing. And he doesn't like, he's, he's a proper dog. I think he needs his own Instagram profile because he's so handsome. We have people stopping us in the street like every day. The other day, this is the first time I've ever heard this. Somebody came up, this woman came up to me in the park and she said, oh my God, your dog is so sexy. I'm like, <laughs> okay. He is though. I can he's kind of imagine him in a little sort of doggy bow tie. <laughs> like, he's gorgeous. He's gorgeous. So back to the topic at hand. So so the, the, the topic that keeps coming up with my clients at the moment is money. Um, so I've got clients who are single and want to be in a relationship and some of them are super successful and find that men are triggered by that or the people that they're dating are triggered by that I've got women at the other end of the spectrum who've been in a relationship for a long time and either they are the breadwinner or their husband or partner is the breadwinner and they feel kind of they feel quite powerless over their financial sort of uh 
situation because they have to rely on their partner to to fund you know give them money essentially so there's a lot of different angles so the first thing I want to just tap into so this is called how to stop money ruining your relationships why is money such a significant factor in relationships at all Oh my God. I mean, it just shouldn't be, but it is because I think what happens is money affects the dynamics of power in a relationship. It affects the dependencies rather than the interdependencies. Now it doesn't have to, right? It doesn't have to, but it does. And that is the challenge. The challenge is that especially for women, I think we're just in a whole different world right now, right? We're in a world where where women are earning more money than ever before. There's still a gender pay gap. So that's a whole entire different episode. But in the conversation we're having right now, you know, money is a big thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, my dog. I'm just going to go and have to put him away. Wait, hold up. You might have I'll, to- I'll try and say something interesting while you go. Um, no, I'd absolutely agree with you there. I think that um, what's so interesting is, particularly again with the women that I coach, like that I work with one to one, they are killing it in their careers absolutely killing it uh actresses at the absolute top of their game uh, i've got politician i've got art historians uh women high up in tech like every kind of industry you can think of and and so this is a positive thing surely for womankind this is a good thing but it does absolutely affect and influence uh romantic dynamics and I just want to say when I first met Joe so I I had god that was 2015 I had a cut a business with my friend Joey but uh we we were doing very well like in terms of getting loads of press and all of that sort of thing but we we didn't have a clue about money we were both actresses and we we really came from that sort of quite skin actress mentality like feast and famine so it when I met Joe I'd done I'd done a fair bit of work on my um on on finances and my money mindset and and I know that that was a really significant reason that we ended up uh, uh, like gelling and getting on and and you know we we were at a festival we were having a really great time and you know we were talking about our careers and what we did and and you know what a few years before when I'd been dating I felt really crap about myself financially like I couldn't afford to barely f- afford to go sort of dutch and when I met Joe, I felt I was in a good place financially. And and also when I met him, it's interesting that my uh, income tripled. Literally, in the same month I met him, my income tripled. Um, I don't know what that was about. But money has, like, money's afforded me and Joe to travel the world, to buy our dream house. Like, all of these things that I never could have even dreamed of how I would have made them happen. So it's been so important for me personally, but absolutely for our relationship as well. I mean, the dog we've just got, three grand, you know, it cost a lot. Is that they're they're so expensive. They've gone up cockapoos um, over COVID considerably. Now I'm not saying all this to gloat. I'm saying this because if you'd met me years ago, and Shah actually did, you know, I was bloody when I went first saw you speak back in 2012. Like I remember watching you guys, and I was like, all these really successful business people, and then I, there was I, just like, oh my god, I don't have a pot to piss in. Like I don't. How am I ever gonna? I can't imagine having a lifestyle like you have today. And now here I am well on my way because I've invested in myself, which is why I wanted to work with you as my coach. I think that women empowering themselves financially has never been more important. So have you got anything to kind of, any things there that you want to just touch on? Oh, so, so, so many things. I mean, firstly, this isn't about 
this isn't necessarily about how much you earn and it's not necessarily about earning more than your partner, although those are all topics of conversation. It is about you being financially empowered in yourself. That is the fundamentally most important thing. As a woman, you never want to be reliant on anyone else for your financial security. And this isn't because you're hard and cold and can't let anyone in. It's because you should want to be with somebody because you want to be with them. And should there become a point in the future where you're no longer happy and you want to leave, you also are able to leave. Because, you know, the number one reason why women in particular stay in relationships they no longer want to be in is because they can't financially afford to leave. Mm. And I just think that is a really, really bad place to be. I also think that when you're single and you're looking for a relationship, when you feel financially empowered, and you said this yourself, Persia, you know, when you're when you feel financially empowered, you you enter into a new relationship with a whole different dynamic. You are not reliant on this person. You are not dependent on this person. You may well enjoy being, you know, sharing things and having some kind of interdependency. There's nothing wrong with that. Interdependency is very different to being codependent. And, and But you can stand on, you know, you can go Dutch. You can make choices. You His choices don't always have to be your choices. You have choice, period. But also you, you have confidence in... Actually, I know my worth. When you know your worth financially, you also know your worth in a relationship. So as far as I'm concerned, money and relationships are intrinsically linked to yourself. Oh my God, I bloody love that. I absolutely could not agree more. And I I love what you said there about confidence because I I I could be I could appear confident in certain ways. And I'll be honest, Char, like I was the I was the girl in the bar, like I hope I hope a guy buys me a drink because I haven't got any money. And I guess what they always did. But and whilst on a on a very short term, superficial basis, like I might end up seeing that guy for like a few weeks, month or two. But I I could never match. Like I I couldn't afford that lifestyle that I like. I appeared to have a certain lifestyle because I got invited to things, and you know it all looked great. But you know, a champagne taste, lemonade pockets. I, I couldn't afford to go on the nice holidays with my friend. I couldn't afford to invest in in uh, education or coaching or, or you know, business and all of these things. It, it took me such a long time to understand that when, when you are empowered in yourself financially, that it's going to, it's only going to have a positive knock on effect because when you meet a guy, then you're not, yeah, you, like you said, like he might, he may well want to treat me or I may well like enjoy him buying me a drink, but I don't need him to buy me a drink. And that is the massive difference. Yes, yes that is the difference. It, it, it's it's not a need. It's not a requirement. It, it's, you can stand on your own two feet and that that brings confidence with it, right? And confidence is super attractive. And you know, for the, for the women out there who earn more money than their partners, because, you know, that can also be another way that money can ruin relationships is, is by not talking about money openly by not, I, I think that particularly in the UK, we, we have been brought up to believe that, you know, money is the root of all evil. Well, hold on a second, it's not. People, fundamentally are the root of all evil because it is people who carry out the evil deeds, not the money. I believe money is a magnifier. So if you're a really great person and you're broke, you just become a really great person with money. And a really great person with money gets to do more good in the world. 
And if you were a dickhead when you were poor, guess what? You are just going to become an even bigger dickhead with money. Money is simply a magnifier. I agree. Do you know what? That makes me think of um, one little practical, actionable tool for anyone listening. Uh, When I had started to work on my money mindset and I was, you know, I had a business, but really it had no money in it. Um, And I really wanted to make steps in the right direction. So one thing I did was, was I I literally gave like two pounds a month to a charity that I really loved. And that may sound like nothing. And, but I said to my mom, if I don't give when I have little, I'm not going to give when I have a lot. It is a muscle that you start building, which is also what I say. It's like when you're single, the way that you show up in your life, including in your career or in your, in your work life, in your financial life, it is like when you are in a relationship, that's only going to be magnified you know, so, so do, if you are single right now, it's, it's, and you want to be in a relationship, but realize it's such a gift because you've got this time to invest in yourself and, and on your mindset. So what would you say? Another thing I hear all the time, we had Shah on, uh, got right back at the beginning of the podcast last year. And we talked about how a strong woman gets a strong man. And and that was one of our most uh, popular episodes ever. Um, We may have touched on this then, but I'm interested to hear your thoughts. Another thing I get asked or told a lot by some clients is, my really successful clients is I go out on dates and men are really intimidated by my success. What do you think about that? They're the wrong men. I, I don't think there's anything else other to say other than that. They're the wrong men. Mm. If you have to try to persuade somebody that you're not intimidating, you're just wasting your time. If somebody is intimidated purely by what you earn, firstly, that's the wrong thing to be intimidated by. And I think intimidation and, and the word intimidating you know, that they, they, they often have nuances that don't necessarily mean as much as we might, you know, we, we, we might place them. So for example, I can understand how, you know, if I was single and I met a guy who had a regular job, who was earning, I don't know, 50 grand a year, and then he finds out that I run my own business, and I earn multiple times that amount. And I'm pretty much completely financially free. And if I didn't want to, would never have to work again. I could understand how on one level that would be not intimidating, but this person's not used to that because that's not normal for most people, right? So that's just not a normal environment for me. So I could understand how it would take some time to to comprehend what that means. And also, what does that mean in a relationship? But that is, and that's understandable. That's normal. You should expect that. But that's different to somebody being intimidated. Mm. That means they are feeling less than because of who you are. Mm. And that is the wrong match. So you do not want to be with anyone who feels less than because of who you are and what you've got and how hard you've worked to Mm. get what you've Mm -hmm. got. You know, I'll be honest. um, Bar one period in my life, uh, I where I was dating uh, a world champion boxer, I have always earned more money, sometimes by a very, very significant 10x margin to my partners. Um, and the way I've always handled it is very simple. I think that we have to be honest about these things. I don't try to hide what I earn. I don't try to hide. I can't hide my lifestyle because they're part of it. So they see it. Mm. And I also don't hide where I've come from. So I make it very clear. You know, I come to single parent family growing up on a council estate. I am not judging anybody by how much money they earn. My judgment, if we want to call it that, will be based on what are you bringing to the table? Mm. And we can bring different things to the table. How can, I'm good covering all the bills. What are you good covering? So 
what what this is a relationships are an ebb and a flow i'm good at taking care of this what are you good at taking care of and when we go on holiday and the same is true because sometimes this could when we talk about relationships i know on here we're talking about intimate personal relationships but it can also affect friendships so when we go away i love going to barbados i will always hire the house i want to hire and it's not cheap by any stretch of the imagination and it's way out of anybody's price range who has a regular job or salary so I never expect my friends to contribute to the house ever that's on me this is where I choose to want to go so what we do is in my relationships friendships intimate relationships it's really simple you know I'm going to cover the house and we're never going to talk about it again they everybody covers their own flights and somebody will cover the food and somebody will hire the car that's it Mm. then everybody feels like they've contributed now to me that's an equal contribution Mm. somebody got the accommodation somebody got the food somebody got the car hire Mm -hmm. Now, the fact that those things cost completely different amounts is neither here nor there because we also earn completely different amounts. Mm. So it's about being conscious if you're the woman who is earning more money, just being conscious of how you handle this. Mm. This isn't earning more money isn't a power play. Earning more money isn't an opportunity to intimidate somebody else. Earning more money definitely isn't what you want. You know, that's, you're, you're not earning more money to emasculate someone. You know, that's you want a man who is confident in his own self, in his own power, who can come into the relationship and say, do you know what, babe? I'm super proud of everything that you do. It's amazing. But I actually love what I do. I might only earn a quarter of what you do, but I love what I do. Mm. And I think most women would respect that. I know I do. Mm. I know that's important to me. But you should never feel like you have to hide it. So the way you stop money ruining your relationships is by embracing money, by embracing financial empowerment, by recognizing that it is a key to unlock freedom. It is it is not a weapon to use against other people. Mm. Oh my God, you said so many things there that I might have got full body shivers. I loved the practicality of what you shared about the holiday. Uh, I think sometimes in friendship groups, it can get really <laughs> anally pedantic around, we've got to divide everything equally and, you know, and it can get quite stressful. And I love the generosity and the freedom that that serves you, but also serves the people that you love to say, no, this bit's on me. And it, it's not about the cost. It's it's about people contributing different to, appropriately for what people can. I love that. I don't think I've ever heard it said in such a way. Um, that was really profound. And and I love that. And I know, you know, one thing I've seen, and I'm, this is, you will have seen too, in, in our industry, particularly, Shah, is, is that so many women are now out earning their partners and, and their partners with really good jobs. You know, when I met Joe, I mean, Joe, he works in the film industry. He's got a really good job. He does locations. It's a really intense job when he's working. When he's off, he's off. And I'm quite jealous of that because he's like completely off. Um, but he earns really well. My business now, earns more than him like it's interesting to see when we've just got this puppy and he's been off work for two weeks and it's so lovely and you know we are at that place thinking and not too far maybe having kids and these quite practical things that I've avoided oh you've got this little smile on your face (laughs) Uh, it's so scary for me to talk like this but this dog has changed my bloody life I can't tell you but but you know to to have him around the house like right now he's got his shirt off in the garden because it's super sunny he's making the garden all lovely he's with the dog I'm in here doing the work it's feels so balanced it doesn't that's the balance purge that's the balance right that is exactly what I'm talking about so he's taking care of elements of your collective life Mm. that allows you to take care of your business and 
you taking care of your business allows you to have the financial wherewithal to have the life that you have. Mm. Now, that's not to say that he doesn't contribute. Of course, he does contribute financially. But I don't understand where we got to this place that we were tallying things up in a relationship. It's not about scoring points. It is obviously if one of you is pulling 90% of the weight, then we have an issue. But I see that if my partner is doing the cooking and the food shopping and taking care of the garden and washing the dog and doing all the practical things around the house so I don't even have to think about it, that's taking care of me. Mm. I, I find the earning money easy. I've I've been taking home six figures since I was 21. Wow. Taking home money, being financially empowered comes easy to mm. me. The other stuff is more difficult for mm. me, right? I, I, I don't have the patience for gardening. I don't have the patience for a lot of things. So work with what you've got and find a balance between the two of you. Mm, I love that. And it, it's just so about being resourceful. So what about, okay, what about the complete other side of it? The women who are in relationships, but have, you know, either don't have a job, don't have their own money and really rely on their partners for money, because that's a whole other kettle of fish. But it's something that I definitely, you know, I get a lot of women write to me on social media saying, I'd love to work with you. My relationship's a mess, but I don't have the money and I can't ask my partner for it. And and that's really hard. You, you need you need to get the money, mm. babe. You need to go get the money. How do you get the money? You get a job. And if you don't want to get a job, I understand that. I've never worked for anybody in my life. I've always run my own businesses. Every single woman and the few men who listen to this too, everyone can run their own business. Running your own business isn't for a select few. Every, you run your own business. I run my own business. We do totally different things. Everyone can run their own business. So if you're listening to this and you're dependent on a guy for your financial stability, uh, I, that should be a very big warning sign, a very big red flag. And I wouldn't like any woman to be in that situation. I grew up in that situation with my mom being dependent on my dad. And she stayed in a very abusive relationship for way longer, years longer than she should have done because she couldn't afford to leave. And that has always been a big driver for me. You know, from about eight years old, I was adamant, no way, no how, never is that happening to me. It was like, literally, it was baked into my DNA. And so, you know, I, I've worked... I've worked very hard to create real financial empowerment for myself and, um, you know, my son. And so if you're listening to this and you're a woman who does fall into that category where you are financially dependent on a guy, even if you love him, even if you've got a great relationship, you don't know what's coming around the corner. You you need to wake up and smell the coffee and go and start creating your own. Whether you go get a job or you start your own business, my, my advice would be start your own business so you have more control. You need to start earning your own money and that money needs to be yours so that you can spend it and invest it on what you want to do without having to go cap in hand asking for money or favours from a man. No, that is not what should be happening in 2021. Ladies. I agree. And I actually think with everything that's happened with COVID, you know, there's more opportunity now than ever before because those jobs that but people hadn't thought they were jobs for life, that all of that's out the window. So I kind of feel like, and you taught me this, Shai, it's like, I'm, if I'm going to bank on anyone, I'm going to bank on myself. I'm going to invest in myself and I'm going to, like, I, I just know that I will keep going. And like, you've been so transformational in my business, like literally since the first day, 
that I even came up with an idea of doing my own business in 2012. And that we've, we've had our journey through it through the years. And most recently, I'm, you know, in your, I work with you one to one, and I'm in your mastermind, and I've learned so much. You what you do so well, Shah, and I know we this is largely about romantic relationships, but you are a connector, you are all about relationships. And you are loyal, and you look after your people, and you look out for your people. And I think that that's such a great quality and something that seems to be quite rare nowadays, like really just having people's backs. Um, And I would love to just hear your thoughts around, okay, so what about the single women listening to this who are, uh, so there's the two sides of it, there's the women who are super successful and worried about being intimidated. We've kind of covered that a little bit and and how that's going to affect the dynamic. But what about the women who are like, I have no money and I just feel like that really is preventing me thriving in my romantic life as well because I feel crap about myself. What would you say to them? I would say I think you're probably right. I think that when you don't have enough money to take care of yourself the way that you should be able to take care of yourself it impacts your self-confidence you feel less worthy and if you feel less worthy in yourself you will feel less worthy with other people Mm -hmm. and so I think that's where oftentimes it starts for women who are single and and want to find a great relationship it starts with them feeling worthy in themselves. And yes, that is about your self-belief. Of course it is, it starts there. But it's also about your money beliefs and your money reality, right? Your money reality. So if that sounds like you, then you need to be thinking, hold up a second, what can I do about this? Can I get a different job? Can I get an extra job? Can I ask for a pay rise? Can I change industries? Can I start my own business? How do I become more financially empowered so that I actually have control over my financial future as opposed to feeling like external sources are constantly controlling how much money I have at the end of the month and therefore how I feel about myself? Because I know for me, and this is really embarrassing to admit, but I'll own it. Is like it was a, there was a, a long period of my life when I was when I was acting because it was so unpredictable, and I just felt like waiting around for an agent, you know, a, a, my male agent to call me, which he very rarely did, um, and and I just kind of got into that mentality of like I I kind of need a man to to be like I don't know what else to do. Like, am I going to have to like I I moved back in just for anyone who's listening. Okay, for so you might think that this all sounds really far fetched. I moved back in with my parents for what was supposed to be five months and turned out to be five years <laughs> when I started my business. So I wish I kind of had worked with you earlier, Shah, because I don't think I would have had been there that long. But you know, I it, I it was very special and very healing in lot of ways, and I don't you know I don't regret anything. But uh, I I'm whilst. I grew up with my parents, you know, a lot of people who are listening know they struggled with drug addiction. Uh, We were nearly bankrupt many times when they got sober, they put all of that addictive energy that they used to use destructively towards, you know, working on themselves and on their lives. And my dad's business started thriving. And so I've, I've seen that model, I've seen that transformation. But then I got to the point where I just thought I couldn't imagine ever being able to create that for myself because I was just always very much I'm a creative I'm a creative and I know that we've got a lot of creatives on here who might that they they may even have businesses but they feel like the money part like I used to the money in the business side of it I'm just not interested that's not my that's not my scene or I'm not good at that what would you say to them if you're not making money you don't have a business you have a hobby 
So you need to wake up and ask yourself, do I want to run a business or do I want to run a hobby? A hobby is something that you really enjoy and you don't get paid for. A business should be something that you really enjoy and you get paid well for. Mm. So, you know, I it's not like I don't understand that. So I remember somebody asked me a few years ago when I'd written my second book, Do Less, Get More. They said to me, God, you're so excited about this. Why do you not do this? all the time because at the time I was like running an investment fund and doing all kinds of stuff with corporates and before I could think about it I said because because creatives can't make real money because I grew up believing that creatives can't make real money and you know I guess in a way that's what you grew up believing and that's probably what a lot of people listening believe but I realized very quickly as soon as I recognized that limited belief that it's all about perception so I heard myself say it And I was just like, I can't even believe I've just said that. She looked at me and she said, so so that's why you've never done this full time. I said, yeah, because I want to make real money. And I clearly think the creators don't make real money. And then I stopped and I said, but imagine if Steven Spielberg had been my dad or JK Rowling had been my Mm. mom. My attitude would be, fuck me, creatives are billionaires. Mm. Yeah. Both, Both are true. Yeah. Both are true. We can find examples of creatives who don't make any money. And we can find examples of creatives. Steve Jobs was a creative. J.K. Rowling is a creative. Steven Spielberg is a creative. There are lots and lots and lots and lots of creatives who make incredible amounts of money. Mm-hmm. So we just have to make a decision. Which one do we want to be? Yeah. Well, I don't want to be the poor one because not only do I not want to be the poor one for myself, but being the poor one means I'm not going to have as much impact on people mm-hmm. and the world mm-hmm. that I can. So rather than thinking about selling, I'm thinking about serving. How many people can I serve? Well, you know, if I'm going to be the poor creative, I'm not going to serve very many people Mm -hmm. because the more people I serve, the more it benefits me and it benefits them. Yeah, I love that. And I think what I've really learned from you as well is I used to think, here's the creative stuff and here's the business stuff. And for me, the creative was all the romance. It was all the, you know, exciting stuff. And I've really had such a shift around like business is creative. Business is so exciting, but you, you ha- it, this is, comes back to perception. It comes back to doing the mindset work around it. It's so, so, so empowering. And when you start to see the results, you have to get support. That's the first thing I'll say. Oh, sorry. That's my son walking in in the middle of me doing the podcast. Oh, I didn't. Thanks. There you go. Real life. This is how it really works when you have a teenager in the house. <laughs> we don't edit these. I love it. I like, I like the bits like that with the dog and the sun. So cute. So, so yeah, I, I've really learned from you actually like there's nothing more creative than business. And whilst for me, Oh my God, no, business is like, business is like an art form. You, you have an idea and you bring it to life and you make it a reality. And there's, and there's so many, like, listen, I, I've um, met so many different through, through a lot of your connections and through doing your programs, uh, women who didn't run, you know, something that was specifically sort of business related. Like, I mean, you know, I'm a love coach. Um, but, you know, some people who are selling, they create things like arty things and crafts and stuff, making bloody fortune. Like you can make money doing whatever. You really can. There's so many weird things you people are making money from. It's just that you have you have to get the right support. You have to learn from people who 
know like more than you do. That was that took me a long time to get there. I used to again from coming from that actress poor like poverty mindset. Um, not saying all actresses are, but I was. Um, and you know, I just thought I will do everything. I'm a hard worker, but I will just try and copy people from afar, as in see what they're doing, not copy them. And I will try and put the pieces together and I'm not going to, I'm not going to invest in myself because I don't have the money. And that's one of the biggest things people say to me. They say it when they, you know, people who want to work with me, they say, oh, I don't have the money. That is the first thing people will say. I want this so much, but I don't have the money. They don't have that men- mindset of like, I will find the money. Like when I first worked with you, Shah, I did not, I was like, oh my God, that's a lot of money. I don't know how I'm going to have that, but you know what? I'm going to find a way. And I did find a way. Let's be honest, because I think, because I'm so proud of you for this. But when we worked together, um, what happened with the launch? Uh, well, it was our biggest launch we'd ever done, and there was so there were so many things around it that you you were like, no, it, what you taught me in that launch, it was like boundaries, and it was like believe in this. You know, you've got something that is life changing, so you only want to attract the right people. And this goes back to ro- relationships. It's like when you know that you are worthy and you have high value, or you have a product or service or whatever it is that is it's life-changing, it's transformative, then you have to value that thing. And I'm constantly And investing in yourself, investing in yourself is always the best investment that you can make. And in this instance, because you felt a little bit uncomfortable about the level of investment, it meant that you really showed up and you did the work. If the investment had been different, you may not have shown up the way you did. You may not have been so tied to getting the results you may not have been so accountable and then you might not have got the results right so I think for me it's I've never been one to say I'm just like if this is what I want I'm going to figure out how I make it happen when I've had nothing absolutely no money whatsoever I have always been I will find a way Mm. always it's the growth mindset versus the fixed mindset isn't it and I think that that's that's the one thing, you know, I mean, this, I've said this loads of times already, but you've taught me so much, but it really is the not, not, oh, we can't do that. Or I can't work out that. It's how can we, we make that? Oh, wow. Absolutely. Yeah. We, we, it's the difference between an interested decision, which is, oh, that sounds like something that I might like to do to a committed decision, which is like, I'm going to do this. Okay. How am I going to do it? Mm-hmm. Like it, it moves immediately into the how it moves immediately into the action. And and the key with any business, really, as you said, you can you can create a successful business out of anything. It is about getting your head in the right space. And then it's about finding the right business model for you. Because you could be running all different things. You could have a membership site, you could have group programs, you could run retreats, you could do one-to-one work, you could do online courses, you could do evergreen courses. It's about stopping and saying, hold up a second, what is the right format and structure and business model for me that's going to make me happy, Mm -hmm. it's going to make my clients happy, and it's going to bring me the money that I deserve. And it's really no more complicated. Yeah, and I think definitely one thing that I struggled with is there's just so many different choices and options and everyone says, oh no, you have to do it this way. We have to do it this way. We have to. And actually for me, it's, I, I love that that's your approach. It's like, no, no one size does not fit all. Uh, and also like you can like you, business, my business is here for life. Like I've always, like last year I created a lot of stuff and I'm like this year, I'm like, slow down. I don't need to do it all in a year. Allow it, like focus on one thing and just allow it to grow and evolve and, as you do. And and what was right for you a year ago might not be right for you in two years time. So I think that that's so important. And it just, it's really understanding that whatever 
your situation is right now, whether you are single and you want to be in a relationship, whether you're in a relationship and you're not happy, whatever it is, when you start committing to making yourself financially empowered and showing up for yourself in this area, which let's be honest, Sean, I think we should actually touch on this when then, you know, before we, before we draw to a close, but why, why is it in particularly in Britain? Like we are so uncomfortable talking about money. This is why I love you because you, you just don't hold back. And people like it's it, like with friends, people will are more happy to tell you how much they weigh than how much money they make. You know, what's that about? It's conditioning. We've been brought up to believe that it's a taboo. It's rude. It's obnoxious to talk about money. Where So what happens is it now holds this weird energy that we shouldn't, you know, that we shouldn't talk about. Whereas I'm like, well, why should we not talk? Why don't we normalize it? So my whole thing is you want to normalize success. So if you want to be in a successful relationship, be around people who have successful relationships, normalize what success looks like to you. If you want a successful business, hang around and spend time with people and in groups where that is exactly what they're doing. Normalize the success that you want. And the same is true when it comes to money. Let's normalize conversations around money. Mm. I want to normalize the conversation that goes something like this. First up, I want to teach you how to make six figures in your business. That's important. But let's also be honest. You could be making six figures in your business and taking home 20,000 a year. You'd be paid more working at McDonald's. Mm. So that is not I want for you. What I want for you is to get to a point where you learn how to take six figures home. Mm. Now, why is that important? And why do I talk about money at this level so often? It's not about teaching people how to become millionaires, right? Again, there are people running seven figure businesses who take home less money than some people running six figure businesses. All that matters is what you are taking home. When you take home six figures, everything changes. What happens is you have a seismic shift in what you're able to do and your choices. Because for most people, the average overheads of a family unit are around five grand a month. So if you're taking home 10, you have a significant surplus. Now that surplus can be used to invest in other assets, in in property. It could be in your pensions, in ISAs. It could be in a holiday. It could be in Bitcoin. It could be in another business. It could be in anything that is actually going to help you create assets that create generational wealth. Mm. It's not just about having enough money to buy a Ferrari. If you want to buy a Ferrari, congrats. I'm all about people doing them. If buying a Ferrari after all your hard work is what's going to make you feel good, do it 100%. But what I'm talking about is a step beyond that. I'm talking about how do we change the landscape for everybody? How do we create real social mobility so that those of us who weren't born white middle class male at the front of the line get to get to the front of the line quicker? And the only way that happens is by creating generational wealth for our kids and our grandkids. Because the truth is, historically in this country and why it has been so taboo, let me tell you, rich people talk about money all the damn time. What happens is those of us who grew up without money don't talk about money. So historically in the UK, what's happened is wealth is passed down through generations. And when that wealth is passed down through generations, it's not just about the money that allows people to have the deposit or maybe even outright purchase their first property. It's about getting their grandkids into good schools that has good context. This has a knock-on effect. The only way we change the landscape 
is by creating the kind of generational wealth that means I know that when I leave here, my great grandkids are catered for. They'll be able to go to the best schools if they choose to do so. They will have deposits for their first property. So what's happening is immediately at birth, they are born closer to the front of the line. They have less of a journey to take than I did. And that is what I want my legacy to be. And that's what I want all of us. You know, I want all of us to be creating generational wealth for our families and, and our communities because that's how we create real social mobility. That's how we level the playing field. Shah, oh God, you are mic drop, quite frankly. That was amazing. I love you so much. That was so powerful. And it's the perfect segue in to uh, this amazing thing, an opportunity that you are offering. Listen, anyone who has listened to this, if you have resonated with what Shah has been sharing today, and I don't know how you couldn't, you need to come to Shah's free workshop. It's happening on 8th of April. Yep, 8 p.m. UK yes. time. Yes, Eighth of April, eight PM UK time. So that's BST British Standard Time. And what's it called, Shah? It's called Now to Ten K. Now this is a live interactive workshop, and this is for anybody who already runs their own business, is thinking about starting their own business, or who maybe has a side hustle going on that they would love to transition that side hustle into their main gig. This is teaching you guys how to get your mindset straight, which is a lot of stuff we've touched on today. It's also going really deep into finding the right business model for you. And then once you've got your head straight, your business model right, how do you monetize that? And it is all about teaching you how to get to consistent 10K months. Now, some of you will be listening thinking, oh my God, that sounds like a lifetime away. I've been running my business for three years and I'm not even close to it. I promise you, it is not a lifetime away. Persia is living example of this. I'm a living example of this. I've come from nothing. Persia's business wasn't at the place it is right now when she started. This is possible for everybody, no matter what industry you're in, no matter what sector you're in, no matter where you are at right now. It is really simple. It is about believing that you can, and that's not just about flicking a switch. It's about having the right business model that you you wake up and you think, yes, I'm all in. I can go all in on this. And then crucially, figuring out how do you monetize that business model so that you can make bank. And, you know, I, I, I live and breathe this stuff. This is my, this is my mission. My mission is, is really simple. It's to financially empower as many of us as I possibly can. So you guys come along to the workshop at 8 p.m. on April the 8th. And I'm going to do my damnedest to make sure that you are one of those people. Too. Listen, she gives it, she gives it all. I love, I love listening to you because you really just show up and you give everything of yourself. And I know that that webinar is going to be, workshop is going to be absolutely uh, amazing. And I want to just uh, add to that to finish off. Anyone listening now, you're, you're obviously listening to this podcast, whether you've been listening to it for a while or not, um, because you are you want to work on your romantic life. Now, one of the things I have tons of tools, I have programs to help you with that. But one thing I would say is that sometimes we need to actually stop obsessing over our dating and our relationship life. And we need to focus on something else and just take the take the pressure off that area of our life. And I found for me, that was really helpful when I was single to just be like, okay, I've just been so obsessed with dating. Why don't I just look at a different area of my life that also needs work? That also needs work. We all can afford to work on our money mindset and 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 you know, like just just come along and just see. 
maybe I could have a business and get your make your mind open up because that's what it's going to do. Whatever situation you are in, whether you have a job right now or you don't, you've been furloughed or you, you've just been thinking about maybe should I start a business, you would be crazy not to come and get and take away all this amazing wisdom and insights um, from, from what Shah has to share. Like you will get some clarity, I promise you. So we're going to link to the uh, workshop in the show notes below this episode. And I just want to say, Shah, you, as always, why don't you, go on. Why don't you read out? Why don't you read out? Why don't you read out the link as well? Because sometimes people don't go to the show notes. You might want to read out the link. Um, I've got to try and find it. <laughs> Do you know what? Do you know what? I'm gonna. It's gonna be in the. E- I'm gonna be emailing it uh, all over the place as well. So I can't find. The, I can't find the link. But I will put it in the show notes, and I will be emailing it. I will be sharing it on my social media everywhere. You can't miss it. Uh, Shah, you really are amazing. And, you know, my mission is to essentially to romantically empower as many women as I possibly can in my time here on earth. So I feel like you're a sister to me or my big sister. I've learned so much from you and I'm so excited to continue on the journey. And I can't listen. I'm going to be at that workshop as well, taking notes like an eager little beaver. And I'm in your mastermind. So like I, I, you know, I know how much you're going to give. Like you're going to give all of the best tips, tools, secrets, everything. So I can't wait. Oh, Persh, love you loads. And I can't wait to see you uh, in there and welcome everybody in. We're going to have an absolutely epic evening. And you're right. There are so many similarities. This is about your self-worth. This is about recognizing who you are and what you're worth in this world, whether it comes to your money or it comes to your relationships. You, You were born for more. Yes. Yes, you were. What a place to end. Thank you so much, Shah. And I hope you all enjoyed this episode. Bye. And that's a wrap. Thank you so much for listening. I really do hope these episodes help you find dates that become mates and flings that become things with men who are ready, willing, and able to actually commit. Please be sure to like, share, subscribe, and leave me a review if you're getting value from these episodes. This helps the podcast rank higher so it can reach other people who want or need the support. To have your question answered, send it over to podcast at persialawson.com and we'll get to it ASAP. And if you want to learn how to court consciously during COVID and call in the healthy, happy relationship you desire and deserve, don't forget to download my free audio training called The Fastest Way to Meet Your Soulmate over at getyoursoulmate.com forward slash free training. The link is also in the show notes for this podcast episode. See you next week, gorgeous. I release a new episode every Tuesday. But until then, remember, love is coming for you. So surrender to the festival that is life on planet Earth and trust that what misses you was not meant for you and what's meant for you will not miss you, including your soulmate.